Hi, this is Jesse Brisnine. I believe that it is possible to live an extraordinary life after loss, and to do that, one must first choose to heal. This podcast is focused on sharing with you inspiring stories, tangible tools, and life strategies to help you heal from your loss. Right, we are back for another moving forward moment. Today, Christina has graciously taken the time to share some of her story and her journey with us today. Christina, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome. So, you know, we were talking a little bit off camera just about some of the other interviews and you said you had watched them and they'd been helpful for you. And I was sharing kind of my experiences about them and what I've learned from them. What, what's kind of your story? What's brought you here today? Um, gosh, I've had a, a series of unfortunate events <laughs> on a lot of things, but um, mainly it started five years ago. Um, my son, my youngest son was killed in a car accident and he, he was 22. Um, he was one that was always really goofy, you know, the youngest boy, I guess he didn't have a choice. (laughs) When he, when he passed, I always knew something. I know this sounds ridiculous maybe to some, but I always felt like my sons were going to pass. Hmm. Um, I have four boys and a girl. Um, I had one in Afghanistan at the time, and our thought process was, you you know, like he volunteered to go over the second time, blah, 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 and we just kept on saying, you know, you're putting yourself in danger. I've had that feeling that something was going to happen, and, um, you know, it did. Um, and I was, I was laying in bed, and we kind of, we lived pretty close to the police station and, and such, and... I felt like I was dreaming, but I knew I wasn't dreaming. And I heard, I'm so sorry to leave you, Mama. And I knew, I knew, um, I heard the cars, the sirens go, I heard the police cars go, and I just, I, you know, of course was sick. And when we got the knock on the door a couple minutes later, because it was only, you know, a mile from my house, that's, you know, it was what I thought. And um, that set me off because he was my, one of my closest. He was, um, we understood each other. Yeah. He would tease me, tease me, tease, tease me all the time because I was very much into, um, uh, you know, like I'd, I'd watch a medium on television or I've always had those, yeah. those instincts and no, you know, and he would tease the heck out of me and he's like, well, when I come back, you know, the lights are going to come on and off and blah, 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 you know, um, and just tease me and tell me I was crazy for watching it. And um, now that, you know, since he has passed, I've had, you know, so much happen. Just so, so much happened. All the goofy things, of course. <laughs> I was going to ask, have he, has he come back and turned the lights on and off? Oh, he definitely has. The lights have <laughs> gone on and off. And now his, his nephew, my grandson, will go, Graham, the smoke alarm's going off in Jared's room again. Um, you want to go, you know, we don't even have to turn it off because as soon as we go down and acknowledge that it happened, it turns yeah. off. <laughs> so we're like, okay, we're, we know it's you, Jared. Um, same with the lights. We, my husband thought he was crazy, and I thought I was crazy. We both kind of kept it to ourselves. But we thought, gosh, every time we turn that one light off, it goes back on. 
And finally he said something to me. I'm like, oh good, I'm not crazy. <laughs> it's happening to you too, okay. <laughs> so, and actually we, we um, got the talk with, and I don't know, can I, Teresa Caputo happened just to be in the area and um, we went to see a show and she actually came to us and said, okay, your lights going on and off? Is your um, your smoke alarm ringing? I'm like, yes. No she kidding. Came over and talked with us for about half an hour. So, wow, yeah. I just got like, goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, he just and and I've had had all those things happen anyway. So those are those are the the things that I kind of get joy out of. You know, Christine, I'm so glad you've touched on this because I think this is something that. One of the things I, I talk with folks about in this space is that, you know, the biggest, I think one of the biggest challenges of loss is there's this belief that now that the person's gone, everything about them is gone too. The relationship, the love, the connection. And I really believe that if we can step outside of the pain long enough to allow ourselves to be open, like I'm hearing from you, nice. we can form these really special bonds and connections with people that can continue beyond physical death to the point where they can, they can show up in our lives and 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 be present if we just allow ourselves to be aware to their presence i totally totally agree um yeah oh go ahead no go ahead please oh i was i was just gonna ask do you find that have you always been open to that? Is it something that you've learned? Is it something that you were raised with? Like where, where does that openness for you? Or is it something that maybe it's not even openness. It's just something intuitively it's always, always known. It's always been a part of me. Um, my parents always teased me and thought I was, you know, they're just like, that's ridiculous, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, my brothers also teased me all the time. My kids did. And I'm like, you don't understand, you know, like I just know when I know, I know, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, they've all learned that their mother's right, of course. <laughs> mm. So, um, but I think because of that, I am able to see different things that maybe someone hasn't seen or heard or felt because he knows that I was open to that and he knows what, what I look for, I guess. Yes. What have you done or have you done anything that you're, you're consciously aware of? Because I think this is such an important attribute skill set for people to cultivate. Has there been anything that you've done that you, to, to help you cultivate this openness, to help you, to help you be more conscious of being aware, if that makes sense? Um, I don't know if it's anything I've done. It's something I've learned um, something I've learned throughout my life and, and maybe was being prepared for it. I don't know how else to say it. Um, mm -hmm. I would wake up and there'd be a certain number on the clock all the time. And I'd wake up my husband and I'd be like, Stacey, it's not a coincidence. This, this oh. is, a, um, my kids would tease me. It, the, my number was 213. So I'd wake up all the time. So my boys would tease me and they actually both played football. Um, two of them did. And, they both got the number 13 so they could tease me that they were two 13s. Yeah. I was just going to say, wow. So many two 13 things have happened good and not so great. I had a son arrested for stealing flamingos out of someone's yard 
and the office came knocking at 2.13. I'm like, oh my goodness, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but through that, it's been a family thing. Yeah. And there is, after Jared's passing, um, my, my, my son's youngest daughter was born 13 hours later and she was in room 213. Wow, no kidding. And I'm like, that's not a coincidence. It's it's like, it's just saying I'm here, it's okay. Yeah. My, you know, I, I'm, I see what's going on. And that was only 13 hours after. We also had another grandson born two years ago. And I just, I talked to Jared a lot. And I said, okay, she's in labor. And I just need to know for sure if you have, you know, spirit to spirit contact. Um, I just want to know if you met, his name is Knox. And he, um, I'm like, okay, just give me a really, really good sign. So I know that you know. And that baby was born at 213. Wow, no kidding. So my kids are all like, oh boy. <laughs> but, <laughs> Mom and, might be onto something here. Yeah, well, and the year that he passed was 213. So I'm oh. like, Maybe that's why I was being, you know, and now it has turned to a better, you know, a better state with, but, you know, that's, that's always been our tease. Well, today I was talking to one of my sons while I was driving down the road and at 2.13, a white dove came out. There's no white doves in middle of Missouri. <laughs> Yeah. In the in the in the country. <laughs> so wow. um we had that experience prior to what I had today. So I knew I was supposed to definitely talk to you, even though we've had our time, you know, having a hard time getting together, but um <laughs> I knew for he wanted wanted this to happen. So I'm so grateful you're are talking about this right now because I think and in my heart, I believe that this is something that a lot of people have intuitively felt at one time or another, but it's dismissed because they're, it's cuckoo or it's crazy or yeah. it's too woo-woo or something like that. And it's something personally I can, I can attest to, which is, <clears throat> and I mean, I can give you so many experiences, but one example that's been one of the most powerful for me in, in my life is my first real significant loss I've had, I, you know, and I, I call it the first real significant one because it was was a one of my closest friends committed suicide almost uh, it'll be gosh I can't even believe it but it'll be nine years ago next month and he had like set it up where I would find him and I I, I choose to believe that he did that because he felt I'd be the one that could best handle it but there's two things about this that are really unique that happened before he he died and after the first one was is two weeks before he died i had picked him up he had called me and he's going through a visibly tough time i picked him up brought him to my house and at the time i had this couch as a blue couch that was in kind of an l shape and i would always sit at the far end and then he went to sit down the corner but as he was sitting down the corner as clear as i'm seeing you right now i saw the word suicide flash in front of me and i remember it was so crystal clear, Christina, that it was just, I mean, it was, I, I know it was there. I saw it. And <clears throat> I remember telling myself, saying, no, he's going to be okay. You know, he's talking to me. I'm going to be able to help him. And it, it, I was so certain of seeing it that 
when everything happened and the police were there and I had to, you know, they had to talk with us just to make sure and rule everything out. They said, well, why, why did you come looking for him? And I told them about it because it was just, you know, it wasn't crazy to me at all. I knew what I had seen. Six months after he had passed, I was in a hotel and I was, had a you know, cold flu, whatever it was. And I'd gone to sleep that night and about midnight, a little after midnight, I heard the door open. And I'm thinking, wait, when the, who in the hell's in my room right now? You know, mm -hmm. my heart's racing and I'm sweating because I'm already sick. And I heard these, I heard footsteps clack, clack, clacking across the, the tile floor. I'm thinking, who in the hell's here wearing dress shoes or high heels or whatever it is? And I remember my heart just starting to pound because I'm trying to make a decision here. Like, do I jump up and like, you know, is this maybe just some yeah. drunk person that stumbled in the wrong room? So I kind of sit there and then I can feel the bed. Somebody sit down on the bed right next to my head. And I remember taking a deep breath and rolling over and it was my friend, my friend Gabe. And I remember seeing him and he was, he was, uh, he could always get these really lazy eyes after he'd been drinking. <laughs> and my first literally thought was, you know, really what the fuck is going on here? Like, this is, I gotta be dreaming. And so I, I looked around the whole room and I could see everything as clearly as I'm seeing you right now, exactly where I'd put it. Everything was in place. Everything was where I'd set it up. And <clears throat> I asked him, I said, what are you doing here? And he's, and he looks at me and he says, what do you mean what I'm doing here? I was just got back from the club. <laughs> and I said, no, what are you doing here? We ended up having this conversation. I don't know if it was five minutes. I don't know if it was 25 minutes. It was so unbelievably powerful i mean i'm getting goosebumps right now just reliving mm -hmm. it in my head and i rem i don't remember if we said goodbye or i fell back to sleep but anyways i woke up in the morning and when i so growing up i'm six foot four 200 almost 30 pounds i grew up in a a a twin bed so i'm used to not moving at all when i sleep right. i mean if i move i fall off the bed and this was a this was a big bed it was a king-size bed when I woke up in the morning, I remember sitting up in bed and going, you know, what in the hell just happened? Is it real? I got up, I walked around, went to the bathroom. When I walked back to the bed, I looked where he had been sitting. There was a full button print in the, in the pillow. Oh, wow. And it was such an eye-opening thing for me. And, I, and so to my point of my gratitude for you opening up and sharing it is I think that these experiences – I really believe that our loved ones are still can be a part of our life and that oh, yeah. we can all connect like that. doesn't mean they're going to be there all the time. Agreed. Right. Because they have to do their own thing exactly. and I, you know, there's, but they, they, they can show up and they can be there. And I've had, you know, experience with my dad afterwards, he passed. My very best friend was also killed in a car accident in 2013 mm -hmm. and he, I've had some, you know, really powerful conversations with him too that have been really cathartic. And it's, it's something that I think it's, it's allowing yourself to be open to the possibility. And I don't know about you too, but one thing I found is it's not something I can force. It's never something I can force and just say, but it's something where I just allow myself to be open to it. It's when I can start noticing it to the point now where there'll be times where I'll be driving in the car by myself and I'll just have this feeling, yeah, right. This absolute certainty of feeling that it's you know it's one of them. It's there, yeah. yeah. And so I will say their name out loud, 
Mm-hmm, me too. <laughs> right? But you can feel. You can feel the feelings right there. Yeah, yeah. 100%. And, it, and, it's, and it's unmistakable feeling. It's such a different physical feeling than you feel in any other thing. Mm-hmm. And it's... <clears throat> There's a couple books I have in the in the recommended reading list in the group. One of them is called Journey of Souls by Michael Newton, which I think is a really fascinating book. It's it's a lot of its transcription from his 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 sessions. He does past life past life hypnotherapy, but his whole book is written about the soul's experience and the soul's purpose on Earth. Oh, cool! It's really really powerful. And then there's another one I just recently finished, and I'm the name is escaping me right now, but it's in the it's in the reading list. And it's by a lady who's a forensic psychologist, a forensic pathologist, I'm sorry. And she does, and she has all these amazing stories that she's had with people and their families and experiences about just, it's so, it's so, it can't be a coincidence. Right. And it's really beautiful, the story she shares, because in, I think, one, you can see how, cathartic and healing it was for the people who experienced it but two as a reader it just it for me even though I already believe in all that it just helps strengthen my belief in it that much more right I'm not really crazy it really does happen to other people but you know that they're there and they're they're with you they just have to find a different way to show you you know that they hear you they see you you know the whole deal and I think, you know, I think almost too is like it, the form of communication almost becomes a little bit more, it's a really beautiful form of communication because listening to ourself, trusting our intuition, it's a mm-hmm. gift that we've all been given, but we've, so many of us have taught ourselves to turn it off and tune into the voices and the stories and all that stuff in here. But it's through certainty and the inner knowing that we really find a way to connect. And it's also, if we just allow that to be our own, our own inner and external guidance, mm. so much more fulfillment and joy can be found in all of our lives. Yeah, it, that I think has, was what really brought me through. If through is the word that you could yeah. use. Um, just knowing that he's not gone, gone. He's still right here with us. He, you know, there's just, just so many stories. I just have hundreds since the day he's been gone. I think every day he reassures me or almost every day. I'm sure he has to visit someone else once in a while. (laughs) (laughs) We've just had so much happen that has never happened before. His friends will come to me and be like, you don't understand. He was really in the birds. He's like, you don't understand. Like I've never seen an owl in my life. And this is right after he passed. And it's like these two owls just came right up next to me. Again, I never saw a real, like an owl. Well, I guess I've seen a couple of them for real, but I had one come and just touch my head. I was at the gym, just walking in, touch my head and fly on by. And I was like, goodness gracious, that, you know, how, okay, Jer. I, yeah. I had a, a white um, dove when I went to visit him in the cemetery that was sitting on his grave. Um, and I'm like, okay, I'm the crazy lady. It has to, you know, there's people around. It was Mother's Day. And I'm like, Jer, Jer, is that you? <laughs> I know you're not really the dove, but like, is this you? And then I'm like, I don't even like birds. 
And this bird is following me around like a little puppy dog. And I'm in heels and, you know, and a dress. Um, and I'm walking around and it follows me everywhere. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to check this bird to see if it's like maybe its wings are clipped and it's just a fluke. I'm not, I'm just crazy. Check the, it had its wings intact. I'm like, okay, just, just fly up into that tree. If you, if this is for re, you know, and I yeah. have, and I do have pictures and it flew up into the tree and just sat there and I went to leave and he was gone. So, and I have friends who saw the whole thing, not realizing it was me. So, um, oh, no kidding. They didn't know it was you, but they watched the whole thing. Wow. They were, they were up at the top of the cemetery and, and he is down at the bottom of the hill and they're like, you were, you were the lady. Was there a cat? What was that down there? <laughs> a bird. And, and they just started crying. You know, they just wow. were like, gosh, this always happens to you. How do you get it to happen to you? I'm like, you know, I, I just, I was that close with him. And I feel like our spirits, our spirits knew. He had also said prior to his death, two days, not knowing that, you know, either one of us, but we were both kind of sick and not understanding why we were both ill. There was no, we went to the doctors, both of us, and could not figure out why we were feeling so bad. And he did say to me at one point, you know, Ma, I don't think I'm ever going to live past 25, and I don't think I'm ever going to have children. And I'm like, oh, Jerry, you're being stupid. You know, like you're 22. Hmm. Don't, you know, don't think that way. And um, he said, just promise me if anything ever happens to me, you will not let me live on a machine. Wow. And so I feel like our spirits knew something was happening. We were going to part. Our bodies just didn't know. And that was the reaction from it. Um, wow. However, you know, like I know he's around. I think that's gotten me through so much, you know, just gotten me through it. And um, he was an amazing kid. He still is, you know, and apparently, you know, who knows? My father just passed. Um, and I'm sure they're just hooting and hollering up there so, or wherever. I'm afraid, kind of, because I don't know what tricks they'll play on me now. <laughs> yeah, now you're going to get the real jokes coming. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Christina, if you could share one piece of advice, of advice for everybody listening and watching, what would that piece of advice be? I think to be open. Um, just be open and aware of, of their spirit. I, I, I grew up in a very religious home and it was, it was kind of, you know, frowned upon, but it was something that always, I always felt was, was true and was necessary. And, um, I just think being open with, you know, and just listening and having that quiet time. And, um, I think it'll, it'll come. Christina, thank you so much for being here. This has been such a, such an honor and privilege to share this space with you. And I'm so grateful for you opening the door on this conversation. It's something that's near and dear to my heart. And it's something that my, my greatest hope is, is that everybody can allow themselves to have openness and, and, and be open to the, the possibility of it. And I think in that they're going to find comfort and healing. And I, I'm, I'm grateful for you. I'm, I'm grateful that you, for all the times the lights have turned on and off with you and, <laughs> and 
you get a close, I don't know if we can get a close up or not, but. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, you know, and I, if you haven't read it before, check out Journey of Souls. There's a link in the, in the files. I yeah, I think you'll, I think you'll really find a lot of value in it. And I think it's going to, some of what you said in there, it almost sounds like word for word, some of what they've said in there too. And I think it'll, 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 it'll make some really cool connections for you in that. And I, I, can I just, oh, I'm so sorry. My phone is acting up. Oh, nice. um, my um, book that I, that really helped me and turned that deep, deep, raw, you know, horribleness was um, Tom Zuba's, um, um, I think was the name, Permission to Mourn. Permission to Mourn. My gosh, that just, I don't know, I just read that and it hit me and it just brought me completely around and really, really open. And so, say the name one more time, Tom Zumba, Zumba, Zuba? Zuba. Uh, yeah, Tom Zuba, um, Permission to Mourn. Okay, I will, I'll, I'll check that out. I'd love to read it myself and then I'll make sure it's on the... Yeah, it's a really short um, poem type of read, but it is amazing. Okay, I'll make sure it's on the, the, the reading list too in the group. I think that would be, I, I, I'm always looking to learn what other resources have been helpful for people. So thank you for sharing that. Yes. Christina, thank you so thank much you. for being here. I hope you have a, an amazing rest of your, your evening and, you too. and keep us posted. Okay, I will. <laughs> You've been listening to Healing from Loss, the podcast. If you found value in this, please subscribe, rate, and review it on whatever platform you're listening to it on. If you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to leave a comment and share this with someone who can benefit from it. Until next time, carpe diem, live this moment in honor of your loved ones.